It is time to check in with Vaughn Palmer with the Vancouver Sun for his view from Victoria. Good morning to you. Good morning, Jill. And yes, uh, I don't think the village people ever recorded a Christmas album, <laughs> uh, which means they missed an enormous opportunity. But uh, it's a great pleasure to hear uh, my theme song playing again and good to be talking to you again. Yes, you as well. Uh, so much uh, has gone on as the, the year kind of winds down, but I know we're still going to be talking about health care and, of course, the money tied to that. Yes, yeah, so our new finance minister, Katrina Conroy, opening her mail a few days ago, uh, gets a letter from her federal counterpart, the deputy prime minister, saying, my dear colleague, here is what uh, your beloved federal government will be sending B.C., in the way of transfer payments for social programs next year and included in the package is gee almost 700 million dollars more for health care and that's a nine percent increase in what ottawa gave bc last year so uh, really good news and Merry Christmas, Minister. And, uh, you know, you can make up your budget knowing you've got another $700 million to help pay for health care. And that's the, that's the good news portion of the letter, although I'm not sure it'll be seen as good news here in B.C. Hmm. And so, so not exactly what uh, they were asking for no. or looking for, but, but also not a huge surprise. We, we didn't think that suddenly the federal government was going to have a change of heart and say, oh, okay, we'll give you everything you, you, that, that you want. Yeah, it, it, it dramatizes the standoff. So the federal government, uh, the province is very upset and has been complaining now for two premiers, uh, John Horgan and David Eby, that Ottawa's share of funding for health care is way below 50-50. And it is. I mean, you can argue about how far below it is, but there's no question that the federal government is not doing what was originally envisioned with health care funding, which was that it'd be a 50-50 proposition. So the province has been asking, along with the other provinces, for the federal government to increase its share of funding. And the way BC calculates that the check for next year would have had to be $3 billion larger, not $700 million larger. So the transfer is an increase for sure, and it's welcome for sure, but it basically emphasizes that the standoff continues. Um, you know, you can look at the numbers in other ways too. I, I noticed that Ottawa's total share of social program funding in the country uh, the total transfer to BC is about an increase. Uh, it, it'll give BC about 10% of the new money that's coming next year to all provinces. Well, we've got almost 14% of the population. So it's another reminder that not only is the federal share overall for healthcare funding short of 50 50, but the federal government also gives more money to some provinces than it does to others. And that's a, you know, uh, it's, it's, that's a question of fairness and equity that kind of nags at BC and, and reminds us that the federal government plays favorites on social program funding too. So it's not enough money what's coming to solve the serious problems in the healthcare system. And, you know, you're right. The, the real problem here is this standoff, and we end 2022 the way we ended 2021, the way we ended 2020, heading into 2023 with the federal government and the provincial government 
in all provinces in a standoff over health care funding. There's no movement at all this year. And looking at the way things stand at the end of the year, I'm not sure there'll be any movement next year. Which is really, for anybody that's in the system, whether you're waiting for surgery, you're getting treatment, whether you've been, you've been caught up, you're one of the, the many stressed out people who you're waiting even for a diagnostic test. And we get so many emails and calls from people saying that. Yeah. Uh, this is not anything that you want to hear. Or, or even the conversation about throwing money at the problem isn't going to fix it. So what are we doing then to to change it? What are we doing to modernize it, to fix this issue? Yeah, well, I mean, every time we talk to the provincial health minister or every time Adrian Dix or we talk to David Eby, the first thing they tell you is, hey, we're doing a lot. And they rattle off all the agreements they've done and all the extra funding. And then they say, look, Ottawa needs to increase its share. And Adrian Dix, and I know he said this to you recently when he talked to you, is he's ready to meet with the federal government any time. He'll, he'll meet with them on Boxing Day or New Year's Eve. Uh, and Dix being a workaholic, he's not kidding. I mean, we joke over here that he actually takes Christmas morning off, but goes back to work. He's like, he's like Mr. Scrooge's clerk, right? So, you know, he's serious about that. But here, I mean, the problem, if you're waiting for, for health care, you don't have a family doctor, you think, you know, what's the waiting list about? Why are we in crisis in health care? When you tell a person why aren't the provinces and the federal government getting together to look at solutions on this, they're not going to believe what you tell them, which is the federal government is saying, before we go to the table, the provinces have to agree on that the money will go to specific purposes and produce results and that there'll be a common way of collecting data so we won't be in another stupid argument about whether or not we got anywhere. That's the federal position. And the provincial position is we are not going to meet with you on preconditions. We just want a meeting. And that's the standoff. And I, and I say, you know, if you're, if you're sitting there in the ER at this hour of the morning and you've been there all night with your kid with the flu, uh, you're going to go, you're kidding. That's why they aren't meeting to solve this problem, but that's the situation we're in. It's not a good one. I, w- I was struck, Jill, by something that the leader of the opposition here said in a year-end interview. So Kevin Falcon got into this, and he said, look, I don't think Ottawa should write checks to the provinces for more health care funding, blank checks. He thinks it's reasonable that the federal government have conditions. He doesn't think they should just give them more money, no strings attached, because, as he said, the system is broken, and if you just give the provinces more money, they run the health care system, you're going to get extensions of the existing system. You're not going to get the fundamental changes we need. So that's a provocative position by the leader of the opposition. If he pushes it in the new year, then maybe at least, um, maybe the provincial government will blink on this as well, although it isn't just the problem with the provincial government, Jill. As you know, the other provinces are of the same view. Quebec in particular will not agree to any conditions. But I just look at this and go, you know, come on, folks. We know the system is in crisis. And, and, you know, here's another thing, right? I mean, you can read the financial statements of the two governments, so federal 
government, B.C. government. You're a taxpayer. You know that there's really only one taxpayer. The provincial government here in B.C. is not a hardship case financially. It's got a surplus of almost $6 billion. Okay, that'll go away eventually. But nevertheless, we've got $6 billion on hand. The federal government's in deficit. So how can the province set itself up as a hardship case on the financial issue when it's in a better financial position than the federal government? Yeah, it's an interesting question. But uh, like you said, it uh, looks like we will start this new year looking yeah. very much the same as how 2022 will end. No, and it's, it's, I think it must be depressing to the public, which looks at it and goes, you know, there is a term called cooperative federalism where the provinces and the federal government work together. They proved they could do that during the pandemic. When they worked together, we got better results. They've proved it here in B.C., working together on things like rapid transit and funding of infrastructure and dealing with the safety of coastal waters. I mean, there's lots of areas where provincial and federal government work together as they should. This one, as I say, you look at it and you hear them go round and round and round on this issue and you go... You know, <laughs> call call in the United Nations if you have to. Find an international problem solver to deal with this, but end this stupid argument, which is keeping the country from dealing with a crisis in healthcare. Yeah, do something about it. Absolutely, uh, Vaughn. We'll leave it there. Thank you so much, and Merry Christmas to Merry you. Merry Christmas to you. Sorry to be such a gloomy gust this close to Christmas, but <laughs> what business am I in? <laughs> exactly. That is quite all right, Vaughn. Thanks again. Bye, bye, Jill.